Welcome to the Accelerate Podcast, a podcast for high-performing current and aspiring female founders and CEOs across Africa, and for those who also have a passion for Africa. This is the place to learn about the critical success factors and best practices of some of the most amazing high-performing female founders and CEOs as we help you grow to be the best version of you, achieve time and financial freedom whilst living a significant life. Thanks for tuning in to listen. I'm your host, Nekamubi. Let's dive in. Hello, everyone, and welcome to my very first episode of an interview of um, a very special guest of Accelerate's in Accelerate Podcast. And I'm super, super excited to introduce you, an amazing lady, my sister, my friend of over 40 years, and one who really was instrumental to me creating Accelerate in the first place. And I'll tell you more about that later. Audrey Joy Zebro is an entrepreneur par excellence. She's an author. She's a speaker. She's a blogger. She's a super business and life coach a minister of the gospel, and many more. She's the co-founder and the deputy managing director of Falcon Corporation, a Nigerian, Nigerian indigenous conglomerate with interest in oil and gas, energy and infrastructure, real estate and agriculture. She's also the immediate past president of the Nigerian Gas Association, the first female to hold that position. She's a wife and a mother of four amazing, relatively young adults. She's wildly read, holding two master's degrees and more. With all that said, with all that said and this introduction, Audrey, very a warm welcome to my podcast, Accelerate. My pleasure to be here, Neka. Thank you. All right, let's dive into our topic uh, for today: the significance and opportunities at halftime. And you'll be wondering, half time, why half time? Audrey just turned 50. Uh, I also did a few months ago, and this is April of 2021. Audrey, how do you feel being 50? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, Nick, I feel that I have finally come into myself. Uh-huh. There is a sense of authority over my own life there's a there's a sense of I mean I've kind of always thought I knew myself but honestly as I turned 50 I I recognized that I've entered a new dimension of self and I'm just giving that expression I'm embracing possibilities I'm embracing newness and um, embracing the, the last 50 years the good the bad everything is all come together nicely and I'm really excited to be here How exciting. Well, happy birthday again. It's really a major milestone, right? And even leaning up to that, leading up to that. And, you know, even with all that you have um, achieved and all that, what's, what's, what's more? I mean, what more do you think about when you think of possibilities? I know that I should be asking this probably towards the end, but, you know, let's just go with the flow. Well, to be fair, I, 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 you are right. It would ordinarily have been a question that tends to come towards the end, but I think it's actually a good time to be discussing uh, that because leading up to 
my 50th birthday, probably over the last five years, thereabouts, I've found myself, you know, just kind of feeling a bit unsettled, feeling like um, there was so much more I should be doing. And, and actually found myself many times saying to God, Lord, you know, I'm not ungrateful. By which I mean, when I, when I look at all he has helped me to be, do and achieve, that sense of, you know, there's so much more. If, if you don't understand it, it's almost like you're not grateful for what you have. But in coming into this space is me recognizing that it's really the other elements of who I am, the gifts, the talents, the abilities, the assignments that God has on my life, which um, is like the first half is just that preparation. It may seem like 50 years is a long time to be preparing, but I get it now that where I am is a season of my life where, yes, there's new businesses that still need to be birthed. But they're not being birthed just for the purpose of birthing businesses. They're being birthed from the impact perspective. Uh, everything I'm doing, whether it's as a coach, um, as a mentor, as a philanthropist, whatever it is, those, those different elements of my life as a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, they still add up to something that that is impact. Touching the lives of other people, helping them to understand God in the truest sense of the word. And just really taking everything he has given me and doing my best with it for the sake of humanity and not for myself. And I think that's the, I've never really been that person just working for myself. But honestly, when you dimension it from the perspective of the significance conversation, not the success conversation, uh, is a good place to be. And that's exactly where I am right now. Excellent. So I guess let's now go back, knowing kind of what that possibilities um, represents. What would you say from zero to 50, or should I say now maybe from 12? Because probably at five, you, even though you had some ideas, I know. What would you say are three key learnings from the challenges? You know, because obviously we learn from our challenges. You've experienced from, I'm going to still use zero to 50, right? Because you are kind of like at half time, if we're saying up to 100, right? Of course, if Jesus tarries and beyond that, but that. So what would you say have been three key learnings? Um, you have got from the challenges you've experienced up until now? Okay, let me say the first one. Um, the first one is about making room for family, for your children, for the failings of your spouse and your children and indeed yourself. And I say this because uh, I had a difficult family background. All right, there were challenges and uh, it was tough as a teenager into my early uh, young adult years. But the lesson that I took from that, and there are different things, but they all add up to something. Make room, learn to listen, be slow to judge. And from the point of view of my, my children, for instance, because I believe essentially one key thing I took out of that is that anything you go through, you do the world a disservice if you come back and repeat the same cycle of, of mistakes. And so even in the way that I, okay, so the second thing I'll talk about is in terms of my business, and that is just that uh, learning from early stage mistakes that were made, many of which were quite expensive in the, in the real sense of it, both from the financial perspective, the manpower perspective, and just the general learning curve of business. And so when I look back, I realized that I would have done better if I knew better to have mentors in business to read more widely, to understand my industry better, to connect with other entrepreneurs that were on the journey with myself, and um, you know, just be a bit more robust in my thinking about how I was so close-knit about my business. It was just this thing we're doing. 
and and that then didn't help. You know, it's when things hit, we then have to have to scurry around and all that. So I think that's the one learning that I would have if I had done that earlier, gotten into the networks, the associations, the governmental relationships, understood the regulatory space a bit better. It would have saved me a lot. And perhaps um, the last thing I would say, I mean, the 50 years, obviously so many things, but what comes readily to mind is um, from the personal point of view, I would have owned my gaps a lot earlier. You know, I spent probably, and many of us do this, too much of my life doubting myself, not feeling I was um, competent, not um, putting myself up for bigger opportunities, not exploring a bit more. And then even when I didn't get things right, not forgiving myself early enough and moving on. So when you look back, you realize that all those things actually were building capacity, even through the struggles. And, you know, it would have been easier to forgive yourself a lot earlier. You know, but I'm in, I'm in a good place when it comes to that right now. So <laughs> you are really taking it all up. All the all, your lost time, right? You are embracing it fully. <laughs> yeah. Um. So really, if I just go over what you just said, very um, powerful points, and it's amazing. After just summarizing that into three, this is now five five, five decades of putting that together, making room for family. Um, intentionally making room for that. I really like your second, and this is from over, I believe your business now over 27 years, right? Since you, 27 years. And so the networks, right? Um, and starting early. So if you had done that earlier, even though you are, you are, you're pretty networked, but you could have done even much more and leveraging on the networks. Um, and then the third was um, really about really embracing yourself. How would you say that in like, embracing yourself fully or stepping out more what was that you so it's, it's really a combination of things but i think it's embracing your gaps yes what okay, I, I like that embracing your gaps nobody's perfect everybody's on a learning curve so we, we we find ourselves intimidating ourselves by ourselves and many times you you constrain your possibilities you constrain relationships that could have been value adding you know you step away from great things that you could have done because you're second guessing yourself or thinking you still have so much to learn, you know, but embracing your gaps means, okay, this is how far I've come. This is what I know. Let me go out there. What's the worst that can happen? I'll be wrong. Being wrong has never killed anyone. No, it hasn't. In fact, you learn from it and do better even the next time than not doing at all. Okay. So half time, we call it half time because there's a, a, a book that you read. I've read that as well, but I know that it's been, um, it's been really, I think, brought at the right time or got into your space at the right time. Um, and that's by Bob Buford, right? Halftime by Bob Buford. I know you've read all the other series um, or his other books, right? And um, what does that, what does um, halftime mean to you in your top five roles as you, as Audrey Joyzebo, your family, your vocation, your networks and impact? Just one, what does it mean? <laughs> as me uh, at the risk of repeating myself is owning myself loving myself to the max and I've never been that person who didn't love myself but Neka there is just I don't have the words to describe this coming into my own that has happened as I've hit 50 it is understanding with greater clarity than ever before that I owe myself love, that I owe myself compassion, uh, owning the fact that I'm an intelligent, beautiful, articulate, 
woman and it's not a brag it's just what it is i've done great things with my life and it's not a brag that's what it is and you know owning uh, things i could have done that maybe i was too scared to do recognizing that and just saying okay that's that you didn't do them so what next let's move on you know it's just a great mental emotional psychological space to be in and it's also recognizing for me and still on the personal that I can't afford to be complacent with my successes. It's recognizing that my world is changing. I'm going to the next half of my life. Technology is shifting. My physical health is shifting. So many things are changing around me. And I have to be fluid. I have to be dynamic. Even in my relationships, embracing younger people a lot more, embracing tech more. And you know, I'm pretty techy. Yes, but you I also are. Like to, <laughs> to Super tech. That's right. I want to be relevant for decades to come in my spaces as God will take me into those, right? So it's a, it's, it's, it's a whole, um, what I call my 360 overview of my life and understanding what is going to happen from there. Um, the next thing you talked your about- family. Having, so what does halftime mean to you, your family? Yeah, so halftime for me, my children, as you know, um, are by, by the end of this year, three would have graduated from the university. My last would then be going into the university. So it's a very different landscape in parenting. It's um, adult conversations. It's um, more patient. It's more open. Um, it's more, almost more friendship than hardcore parenting in a sense. Um, it's understanding that as I'm going into the phase where I expect, I mean, my son is literally around for a wedding right now. And by the time his friends start getting married, I think I should be preparing for grandma status. That's right. right. So, <laughs> that means to start getting right. ready so, for that, believe it or not. That's right. <laughs> that's right. And that's a very different, you know, it's a preparation for a very different kind of relationship because now you're going to have spouses of your children. And for, I don't know about anybody else, I intend to be a mother-in-law that my daughter's-in-law would absolutely love. And then, of course, my one son-in-law will swear by me. So, you know, preparing for that, it's, it's, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. And I know it's happening in this next season, right? Um, as a business person, I think you mentioned business. Yeah. Yes, so your it's vocation. Yes, yeah, so that's your business. Um, your vocation, yes. It is, uh, it is my right. right, so my business, um, I, I do want to be able to exit my business in the next few years in a formal, everyday sense of it. So that's my, my dream is just to have that broad oversight. I'm, I'm in there once in a while, maybe at the board level. And um, the, all the structure I've been building up all these years, I want to be able to hand that formally over to other people to run and give myself room to then go more into my other life expressions from coaching and ministry and teaching and speaking and all that. Those are the things that you know, give me more joy at this point in time. But I also see, particularly because I'm in the energy space, I also see that we are literally in an energy transition conversation right now. So even from a business point of view, I'm interested in looking at what are the opportunities for me to get into that green energy conversation from a business point of view. And you know, in Africa, there are not many women. You've been the first in the Nigerian gas industry. So you're looking at extending beyond Nigeria to Africa and the rest of the world, right? I'm playing a space in that. Certainly. Certainly. It's about the narrative of energy on the continent. Certainly. And, you know, I've, I have shared this with you at some point that 
even though I've handed over to my successor as the president of NGA, I'm still a core gas expert. I'm still very passionate about the energy space. So certainly I'm not disappearing from that landscape anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, no, with all that you've, you know, you've um, acquired definitely the experience that you have. I'm, I'm sure, you know, companies and um, your, your different stakeholders and your tribe will definitely want to learn more from you around that. What of your networks? Because that's obviously important and interesting. You talked about that being a key learning for you. Um, what does that mean? What would that mean? What does that look like um, at halftime for you? That's the fourth. I believe that, you know, when you think about halftime, it is recognizing that you're not, you're networking, um, you're, you're networking up and down, uh, the bottom up and top down, let me put it like that, okay? So you're, you're, you're literally now the person that people are trying to get to. And that's the reality by the prime position that we occupy in our industries and in our businesses and, and all that. So we are now those people we once looked up to. And so recognizing that in this season, there's an imperative to be open, to be accessible, to be uh, to have a firm kind of structure whereby you also are not um, over overstretching yourself in the process of being available. To think about how to create platforms that those who are trying to network bottom up to where you are are able to still tap of your wealth of knowledge and connections without being a drain on you because it can be a lot. At the same time, you also recognize that you have the those who have gone ahead that remain relevant in a more strategic way, especially, for instance, in your industry or for those of us like myself who have governmental aspirations, you're still going to need those champions, you're still going to need those sponsors, you know, and, but you're now approaching them in, with a more mature viewpoint, a more concise set of objectives in terms of where you're going and how they play a role. And I think it's also a good time to kind of streamline your network and, and figure who are those who are really important to me? And then who are those that I really need to be adding value to? Because it's a two-way thing. So it's not just a case of network, network, network. No, it's very strategic. It's very crisp. There are some relationships you're going to let go of, but there are some that you're going to intentionally cultivate because they add value to you and you add value right back to them. And this is whether it's top-down or bottom-up. Right. So it's, it's just a, a great change. You know, I think like, I can't say it enough. Great place to be in there. Yeah, no, I can <laughs> I can sense the energy. Even looking at you, it's like, whoa, okay. The <laughs> energy that is just, you know, you are the emanating, you know, I wish you could see that here. I know my our listeners uh, kind of can see that, but yes, I definitely feel that. Now, what of at your level? What of those networks and relations? So you've talked about the top-up. Yes. Top down, sorry, top down and then bottom down. I'm like, no, top up doesn't sound right. Yeah. <laughs> and then what of at your level? So that kind of peer networks, what do you, can you speak into that? Well, that, that, that is actually critical, Nick. And I realized that because uh, much as you, you, you feel you're on the same journey as many people that seem to be your contemporaries, whether by age or by position um, across their industries and organizations, but actually, there are so many people who haven't yet come into this place, all right? So even though you're maybe you're, they're 50, some of them are 55, they're still in the place of struggling to understand the transition that is happening or needs to happen in their lives. And so that's also critical, you know, making yourself available to help people journey 
into this place of comfort and ownership of self. Uh, at the same time too, like I said, we are now the people that everyone is trying to assess. So being able to be bridge builders more, more so than ever before, especially I think as women, being able to be bridge builders whereby if someone at my level needs something, it takes me a couple of calls and I've sorted it out, right? I think that's very critical. Championing each other as well, looking out for how when those, um, it could be a position in the government or something, and we rally around, you know, because we know that this person is competent, this person is capable. You know, it's just that hand-holding that we, is happening at our level as contemporaries at the same time. So I think that that for me is uh, the outlook that I have in terms of those who are at my level, that some of them are not quite there mentally, emotionally, psychologically, even though they may appear to be positionally. And I have a role to play there. And then again, like I said, you know, hand-holding. Yeah, just I mean, and sure I must say, you own. definitely had a big role to play in what Accelerate is all about, right? As a coach was like, look, Neka, you started, you know, you get this network, you know, so I must say thank you, you know, for Accelerate Mastermind Group, which is kind of that high-performing uh, female founders, CEOs at that level, um, being accountable to each other, learning from each other, brainstorming, plus also having some rest and relaxation, right? And exploring the world and having also a good time. So thank you, Audrey, coach, <laughs> you know, inspirer, encourager, <laughs> and all that. <laughs> you played a huge role um, in that. Thank you. Um, okay, so moving to now um, the dif your different expressions now um, from now post halftime as we get into it can you shed some light to the listeners what what do they look like um and also perhaps how they can reach you you know your different platforms and all that what what are those components of that mm -hmm. okay so i am um, in this season like i've talked about the business already i won't repeat that looking at those new opportunities what also like i said is a conversation about impact about significance around sustainability and so I'm doing different things. So I'm currently doing a total revamping of my, for lack of a better word, that's the word that the society understands now, my brand, so to speak. Okay. And this is uh, from the point of view of being able to showcase more distinctly the value that I carry and I want to share. So my platforms on LinkedIn, on, um, on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, you know, so that is all going to be shifting. I'm, I'm going into... But the name is still um, the same, right? Audrey Joe. At... The name is still the same. Okay, at, at Audrey Joe. Audrey Joe is in all my platforms. At Audrey J is in all Audrey J, yes. Audrey J Okay, so I'm going to be doing more teaching. I have my short videos and things that I'm going to be doing, sharing nuggets of information based on my wealth of um, experience, first as a business person, but secondly also... I've worked with my husband for 27 years and been able to build a successful, happy marriage and a great company that is, you know, it's, it's not, it's an institution we've built. And so being able to take the kinds of principles and practices that have allowed us to win on both fronts and share them with other couple entrepreneurs, I think that's a huge assignment and ministry that I'm, I'm so, I'm best placed to be able to do. And so that's part of what I'm going to be doing. Of course, it's more for my life. So, so it's all going to be, I have, a platform, the Double Impact platform, and the website is also there, the doubleimpactplatform.com. But I'm going to also be infusing a lot of that in my personal pages. So even in the conversations on the Audrey J. Zibo platforms, you will get 
you know, references to those links, or I host some of them directly. So it's bringing it all together, actually. And then I'm going to be doing a lot of work with women in energy. So that's one of the, the areas that I'm also focused on, being able to create that value in terms of their visibility, their impact, how they can position to take territory within the energy space within Nigeria and, of course, across Africa. Uh, I'm going to be doing a lot more coaching, mentoring, because I see that that's a much needed, it is a great need at this point in time, both from an executive and life uh, point of view. So it's just uh, a lot of things, Neka. And of course, yes, because I'm also important in this equation, I'm going to be traveling a lot, you know, yes. like, oh, Absolutely. And we're planning for lots of that too and explore the world. And that's actually leading to my next question, right? A lot going on. How do you unwind? How do you unwind? How do I unwind? Yes. One is I have what I call my do absolutely nothing days. And that's very important. Do nothing. It's so important. <laughs> do nothing. And actually, I qualify do absolutely nothing. nothing. So I'm binge watching Netflix, or like I laugh and say, sometimes Netflix is watching me because I'm not really paying attention. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then it could be reading a book. Sometimes I just play worship music and I'm lying down. I love Sudoku. I can spend hours doing mm. Sudoku. I need to and get yeah, that. I used to do that before. Anymore. Thanks for the reminder on that. Oh yeah, I love Sudoku. Yeah. Okay. I have I have hard copy Sudoku. I have it on all my devices, and I love Candy Crush. Go figure. I love Candy Crush. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so you know, on some days it's just calm. It's just relaxing. It's nothing specific. But I also like to do things like hang out with my girls, and you should know yeah. that because one of them. We talk, we laugh, we cry, we pray together. It's very enriching. It's uplifting. Uh, and I like to do karaoke. I love to sing. So when I have the opportunity, I do karaoke. And it's just nice. I think those are the main things for me. I don't have any hardcore uh, relaxation techniques. Once in a while, I go to the spa. More often than not, these days, I bring the spa to me because there's people doing home services, right? And uh, yeah, that's about it. No, that's, but I do know how one. to relax, yeah. actually. You know, when you hear my schedule, you think she never has time for herself. That's not true. I actually intentionally, sometimes I just say to my husband, I, I'm done with work this week. And the next two days I'm staying home to do whatever, you know. To do absolutely so I know how nothing. To do and that. that's okay. And you feel okay with that. Yeah, but I think this is also important. And maybe this is the last thing I'll say. This is the importance also for business people to build structure and to hire competent people and then build capacity because that then allows you to step away from the business for periods of time and know that things are still happening without it necessarily being all about you, right? And then that's the difference between having a business and having a job. Yes. If you have to be there every second, that's a job, right? But if you build this system around you, it's quite easy to decide, you know what, I need to relax. Yes, I would say that's actually one of the critical success factors of a high-performing female founder. So I've got one there now. So number one, rule number one, you know, build structures and not a job. Okay, as we begin to round down, what three books have impacted you the most in the last 12 months? Of course, we've gone to some hibernation because of all that has transpired around the world. What three books would you say it has been, oh man, this has been really good? Okay, so obviously, first thing is Bob Buford. Yes, we say that. <laughs> Thank you, Bob Buford. 
So I have Bob Newport's halftime. I have beyond halftime. I have stuck in halftime. Oh, wow. and I have game plan. You see, so okay, that's, that's the thing with you now. I I do have, have half time, but you now you will just carry everything as pastors now with all the books. You will not be telling us about that. Yes. Now the, the other two books, oh Neka, I'm so sorry. I should have checked before this podcast, but the, I remember the titles, I just don't remember the authors. The, one of them is called Clout. Clout, C L C-L-O-U-T, something about um, unleashing your God-given influence. No, that's fine. We're going to get it. and We're, we're, we're going to post it on the show notes on the Excellent. site. So we'll get the author. So Clouds, that's number two. I haven't read that. That's not one. Um, I also like, um, this is called The Founder's Dilemma. It's called The Founder's Dilemma. And I can't remember the author, but I thought it was a very powerful book because essentially it was looking at uh, end to end, the mindsets of different founders. And it asked one big question, do you want to be rich or do you want to be king? And it talked about how if you want to be king, those who are trying to micromanage, control the business, keep it all about them. And the business doesn't tend to grow. But those who want to be king are those who are building institutions, the kinds of decisions they're taking, because one day they want to sell the business to institutional investors, take their money and go start something else. And I, I think that that for me, you know, that attracted me to that book because really it's essentially I want to be rich. I don't want to be king. I, I want to just keep building wealth for generations. All right. So I'm not tied to all oh, my company. I own it and all that. That's always been my philosophy. But I thought that the, from a principal point of view, it was a powerful book and i'm just sorry i didn't check no that's fine we're gonna we'll get that and viewers you can look at the show notes um and get more details about that audrey i would like to thank you so much for this time it's been it's been fun it's been insightful it's been exciting and we tried to connect several times and i'm happy we did um this this has been really really interesting very insightful um any final thoughts thanks michael well, I would leave the listener with this. You have the capacity to be so much more, to do so much more. You just have to believe in yourself and find someone that will partner with you for accountability's sake, but also champion your dreams. And if you're a business person, I just encourage you to step into that arena from the next day, your next working day, and begin to look at your environment and think, what do I need to do to depersonalize my business and move it onto that institutional framework that tends to build businesses that last beyond your current generation and into the many, many years to come. That for me is the true essence of legacy and why we do the things that we do. Thanks for having me, Nick. It's been great talking with you today. This concludes this episode of Accelerate. Make sure to grow show Audrey some love on her website and her social media platforms where you can learn all about her initiatives. All the information links will be down in the show notes. If you have not done so already, hit that subscribe button on your podcast player of choice on Apple. This will make sure you don't miss any of the amazing content we have lined up and rolling out for you. If you love this episode, it will mean a lot if you would leave a five-star rating and a written review on Apple Podcasts. Finally, if you haven't connected with me over on Instagram and you're interested in learning more about similar episodes and all that's happening before they even get announced publicly, 
let's make sure to connect over there at Accelerate or Nekamubi on Instagram. But with all that said, I appreciate you being here. I look forward to connecting with you over on Instagram. And until I see you in the next episode, endeavor to grow, profit, and make an impact.